on this edition of the Iowa Business Report. Oh my gosh, we could actually do this and to actually get it launched. Connecting workers with those who need work to be done is the goal of a new app for use on the farm. It's the subject of our Business Profile segment this week. It may be summer, but that doesn't mean learning opportunities for family businesses come to a stop. And some positive news regarding Iowa's restaurants and bars. This is the Iowa Business Report for Memorial Day weekend 2021. The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com. Here is Jeff Stein. We tend to think of college campuses as quiet places during the summer, but many centers and offices located on a campus are operating at full strength 12 months a year. And that's the case with the Iowa Family Business Center by UNI. And to prove it, the center has a trio of events in the month of June alone. Jane Keelman is program director for the Iowa Family Business Center. We're not taking a break at all, which is exciting for family businesses and has been fun to see these plans come together. So we've got three key events that come up in June that really act as a bridge to our launch in August. And that is what takes you to the next full academic year. And I know you have that calendar plan, but let's talk about these June events of interest first of all. So on Thursday, June 17th, we have a virtual lunch coming up, um, which still is a great opportunity for family businesses around the state to participate without having all the logistics of getting in a car and getting to a location for everyone. And it is going to be on family business executive compensation. And we have Bonnie Schindler joining us from Compensation Associate Partners. And they conducted a family business survey last year. And it was in conjunction with Family Business Magazine and asked a very detailed profile of questions about compensation for family business executives as well as board members. And so it will be a results-oriented conversation so family businesses around the state can understand what other family businesses from around the nation are doing for compensation and what some of their board makeups look like as well. And again, it's something that is unique to each family. However, when you hear how others have done it, it gives you the opportunity to take a little bit about it, to personalize it for your own situation. And we would love to have these be wide open events and everyone sitting around the table. But I can think of a few, if you will, positives, making a positive out of this situation. Mm -hmm. You don't have the time off from work. You don't have the transportation. And you can be a little more anonymous, can't you, on one of these virtual meetings. And that can be a benefit given a unique family situation. So it's certainly not a bad thing to go virtual. There are some benefits, although I bet you can hardly wait to get a room full of people again. Exactly. It's a win-win. And the nice thing with this topic is it is limited to family businesses. So everybody sitting in the virtual room um, are in the same situation. So it's confidential and there is conversation that happens, 
but you know that everybody that's sitting there in the room is in the same boat. So those conversations become very productive and you end up with multi-generations that have different lenses to the topic. And Bonnie, an expert who's worked with family businesses for a long time in this arena. And that's that's very supportive when you have that environment that's a big, big help. All right, so that's the first event. Then we turn around on Friday, June 18th, and these two events have been in the works for quite some time. So it's fun now. They'll be face-to-face events and two very different audiences. One is a legacy peer group with Mary Andranga from Vermeer, who has been instrumental and passionate about Family businesses spend a lot of time on the logistics of succession, but that process of taking that founder or CEO and as they transition to the next chapter, that emotional process isn't really addressed. And so this group will get together and it's ideal for candidates that are maybe three five, even 10 years away from thinking about what that generational succession could be or will be. And Mary will be working with the group and looking at painting that next chapter in a way that's personal and looks at not only the financial side of it, but really the emotional side of it. That is such a difficult thing when you have someone who has invested, especially if it's the founder generation. They've mm-hmm. invested their whole life into it, and it is like another child to some degree. And so it is a detachment that is much different than if you simply sold a business exactly. or you bought a business. So much identity gets wrapped up into who that person is and shaped during that time within the family business. And as they step out of the operation, and all of a sudden have this newfound time, who are they and what direction do they want to go? And Mary is so passionate and has put together a really fun, interactive, and thoughtful program and discussion around that, that it's going to be fun to see that group come together because right now it's looking like it's going to be individuals that are just thinking about what it could look like and those that have already made the transition. And in her case, her father was the founder. She held important roles in the company, her family level, that level of generation. And now it's the next generation. And so she certainly has great experience that she can share in addition. All right, that's two in your busy month. Then we're going to go to the other side of the spectrum. And the next generation leaders are going to meet. And both of these events are in Pella at Vermeer. So we're super excited about working with the Vermeer family um, because they have experienced and are willing to share so much of themselves as resources through this. So Heidi Vermeer Quest will be leading our next generation groups. And those groups have already been meeting virtually. They originally were face-to-face groups. When COVID hit, many of those groups or all of those groups went virtual. So there are individuals in those groups that They're in the group, they meet monthly or every other month, but they've never met each other face-to-face. And there's different parts of the state that will come together that they've not met each other from Eastern Iowa and Central Iowa. And then we have some new next generations that are just thinking about being part of a group. So they'll be joining us that day and Heidi will be leading us through a lot of discussion about the skills and the development of next gen and having 
that ability to do it together and share in what their stories are, their challenges, and the opportunities ahead. Those are some really interesting conversations that can be had because, again, if you think your family dynamic is, shall we say, unique or challenging or interesting, Mm -hmm. when you simply get together for holidays, you put the overlay of business on it, and it becomes much more complicated And it takes a little bit more work, a lot more communication, but the rewards can be just tremendous, exponentially better if it's done right. You are so correct in that thought process. And, you know, I love it from our perspective. If you look around the state, so many of our communities throughout the state, the foundation is these family businesses who have put their roots into communities They give back to their communities and they just represent a strong history of interest and business development throughout the state. So our goal is to keep them healthy and thinking about how they can continue to grow and hopefully be in communities for a lot longer than they already have been. They're such important parts, those family businesses, important parts of the communities. And and to have that disrupted is really something that's not necessary. No, and the synergy of bringing them together has been amazing. I've had a few family businesses that initially maybe didn't see a need or didn't understand the benefit. And once they attended the session and saw the interaction, really enjoyed the value and the gifts that came out of the relationships and the information. You can learn more about these events by going to AdvanceIowa.com and clicking on Events. There's also a full academic year schedule of programs starting in August, and we'll talk with Jane Kielman of the Iowa Family Business Center about those in another program. Still to come, restaurant recovery, and in our business profile, an app for the farm. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. The Iowa Business Report is presented by the Iowa Waste Reduction Center, online at iwrc.uni.edu. Get monthly updates from the IWRC, industry news, regulatory information, news about upcoming events, and more straight to your email inbox. Sign up at iwrc.uni.edu. Memorial Day weekend is often the start of summer and vacation season. Although gas prices in Iowa have not changed in the past week, according to Gas Buddy, they are 12.3 cents higher than a month ago and 99.9 cents higher per gallon than a year ago. Something to keep in mind as you travel. The cheapest gas in Iowa is priced at $2.61 per gallon, while the most expensive, was 3.39. The national average price of gas is 3.02 per gallon. Now that's up 14 cents per gallon compared to a month ago, and it's a dollar 7 higher than a year ago. The number of restaurants in Iowa that had to close due to COVID-19 is lower than feared. The Iowa Restaurant Association initially predicted about 1,000 bars and restaurants would permanently close over the course of the last year. Now that number is predicted to be only about 700, still roughly 12% of the overall total, and many closures are actually attributed to a change in ownership. 
Association President and CEO Jessica Dunker credits the state's quick thinking through keeping drive through and takeout options open last spring at a time when dine-in restaurants had to close, as well as the decision to allow cocktails to go. State and national grant programs for restaurants also noted as a factor in helping keep the doors open. Coming up, connecting workers with work on the farm from the palm of your hand. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. The Iowa Business Report is presented by Advance Iowa. If business succession planning is on your mind, consider a worker co-op. The next free seminar on the topic is Tuesday, July 13th. For more, go to AdvanceIowa.com. As the marketing slogan goes, there's an app for that. And it's true, there's seemingly an app for just about everything. Yet when we heard of a new app called Farmy, it drew our interest. It was developed by a trio of Iowa female entrepreneurs, Becky McRae, Cindy Rockwell, and Molly Woodruff. They knew that finding help on the farm quickly was important, but also could be hard. And as Cindy Rockwell told me, that gave the trio an idea. Farmy is the name of the company. Two out of three of us that own the company today and developed it have farms and grew up on farms. And the third one of us has worked for some startups in farming. She's worked for crop insurance companies. So we've played around in the farming space for probably three to four years, just kind of fiddling around with new technologies because we're all technology people as well. We had an idea right before COVID hit and we thought, well, let's go because I learned through many years, let's go out and market test it. Let's go see what some farmers have to say. We all live in Iowa. We ended up going to Southern Iowa to some family that still run farms and a big cattle farm as well. So we went to Southern Iowa and we tested it on a couple farmers there. And what we heard was actually something around, well, really, we struggle with what do we do when we're done? Like if we're done planting our crops, how do we do things better, right? Or utilize our resources more effectively. So we kind of took that and we said, all right, let's go to Western Iowa So we went to Western Iowa where my brother-in-law lives and he works for an ag dealer there. And we pulled together a kind of some farming. So we did our informal coffee meeting at a coffee shop with some farmers and tested the idea and said, where do you guys have the biggest gap today? And the funny part was the idea around Uber, and it was funny, they called it Uber for farming came up. And we laughed and said, oh, my gosh, that's a great way to kind of look at it and talk about it. How do you connect farmers with their fellow farmer who has the resources, right? The machinery, the manpower to do a job. So it's funny because two of the guys looked across the table at each other and went, yeah, you work on a huge farm and I have a small farm. And whenever I call you, you're freaking busy and I don't know who to call. 
because farms have gotten, honestly, Jeff, so big. When I grew up, you could call your neighbor, right? My combine broke down or my tractor's got a problem. We knew who to call. You had your 80 acres. They had their 80 acres. Right. And it was very contained. Now you might have no one living on a home place or renting the farmhouse. And one individual, to your point, is renting four or five, however many, of these 80 or bigger acre parcels. Right. So you don't know necessarily, right? And everybody's doing probably, everybody's planting in that same county at the same time, right? Right. 30 years ago, I called my neighbor for help. So we loved the idea. We got back and we kind of went back out and we looked at the market and there was really nothing in the market that could do this sort of connection. So hence, Farmy was born and we started developing on the side, you know, running our full-time company and on the side developing Farmy over the last year. It's obviously a product born out of need. And to me, it's really interesting because some of us who may have grown up in Iowa, but not on a farm, we still have a somewhat romanticized vision of farming But it's very high-tech, it's very sophisticated, and it only makes sense that we would use the technology that we use for everything else to fill the need on the farm. Right. It's so fun, I would tell you, from the farmy perspective. You know, I own farm today, and I don't have the equipment nor the capacity, but I have the resources to buy additional farm ground. So the fun part for me now that farmy's out there I could own land in Iowa and I can turn around and own land in Texas if I want and use Farmy to basically, through its algorithm, find potential farmers that meet my need and can go work on that piece of ground or haul cattle for me or do whatever I need from that perspective. So you've got two different audiences in essence. You have people who need work and you have people who need workers. So how does each of those audiences interface with the app so that they can make that connection? So it's great. So when we come in, we kind of take two paths and it's very simple. I need help. And then you basically go through the app and you indicate very quickly, here's my commodity. Here's the services that I'm needing for that commodity. And here's where I live or where my field is at. So you enter a zip code and automatically GIS comes up from a mapping perspective. You pinpoint the field or location of where that service needs to happen. And then you've submitted your service. And then we start the matching process. Then on the provider, we call it a farming provider side. You come into the app and you say, I can provide help. So on that end of things, it's very similar. I come in and select my service and my commodity or commodities, and I indicate in general, where do I live, my zip code, what types of payments am I willing to take? And we'll take even the barter system. Then what starts to happen is it's not a job board. I would tell you that. I mean, there's many job board sorts of applications out there. We built it very much like the farmer's busy, the provider's busy. So how do we automatically make those potential matches for them? So that's what we do. So our algorithm built on the back end is going to go find, hey, I need somebody to haul my grain 
in the next 30 days because he indicates some dates and it'll automatically start offering that job to people within a proximity that have said they do that service. And then it'll start matching through an internal messaging system within Farmy. I could post and the next thing I know I have little pop-ups of people saying, in essence, raising their hand saying, I can do that, let's get together. It just matches it all up for me. I don't have to do anything else if I'm the one looking for workers. Right. All you have to do is accept. And you can, in the app, accept with that person that you're looking to do the work with, or you can decline them, or you can say, hey, I need a little more information from you. It's very much built in that we know there's a messaging component that has to happen, right? So we're connecting those two people, or maybe I have enough brain that I'm going to need two people to do that job. So it's nice because it can automatically provide you multiple people in order to get that job done. So what's been the reaction so far since you've rolled this out in a broad way? We did some preliminary press about the app starting about the first of the year, and then we've launched the app just in the last week, a little over a week now. And it's fun because we seriously are starting to get people just to trickle in. And now it's like, okay, we need the push, right? So we've started to blast out to our people that had signed up for the newsletter and all of that and called our friends and family and said, okay, it's ready to go. So I would tell you, it's been interesting how quickly the app is starting to take off. So obviously we need to build it up. We've been really customer service focused to call people and go, hey, do you understand? And just understand as a provider, it's going to take a little time, right? Or a farmer, hey, it's going to take a little time for us to make sure that we've got all these areas covered. But that's the great beauty of rolling an app. Cindy Rockwell, who along with Becky McRae and Molly Woodruff, designed the app Farmy. Find it wherever you get your apps or online at farmy.com. That's F-A-R-M-M-E-E dot com. We spoke via Zoom on Tuesday, May 25th. And that brings us to the close of this week's program. We're back again next week at this same time. We welcome your comments. Send them by email to radio at totallyiowa.com. I'm Jeff Stein. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you have a safe Memorial Day, remembering the reason for the day, and have a prosperous week. The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com.